0: on chapter number 19 uh, this morning, and uh, we look forward to being back in our series today uh, that we started some time ago, Standing Near uh, the Cross, and uh, I appreciate the music this morning. I I don't know if you tied uh, the song that was sung earlier uh, into the message, the song Standing Near the Cross. Mrs. Stanley wrote that song, and I leaned over to Brother Farber and said, I got an idea. I think I'll preach a series On standing near the cross. Uh, But uh, I know I enjoy uh, the music. I've enjoyed this series. And this morning, uh, we're going to look at a different character that was at the cross of Christ as he was crucified. And we're going to look at a few places in in, uh, our Bibles this morning. So keep your Bibles handy after we uh, read our text. We'll look in the book of Luke, the book of John, another passage, and also in the book of Acts. So we'll be right here uh, in these two or three books. But let's look first at. Uh, John chapter number 19 with verse number 25. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother and his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Cleophas and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved, he saith unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then saith he to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour that disciple took her unto his own home. We've looked at many characters thus far, uh, but one this morning outside of Christ that's maybe the most obvious uh, that we've yet to uh, look at a little closer uh, is we find in verse number 25 and 26 and even in verse 27 is Mary, the mother of Jesus. And uh, we uh, talked a little bit about Mary uh, from the standpoint of Christ as uh, the perfect son, if you think all the way back on Mother's Day, uh, but we've yet to take a message and look a little closer at Mary, the mother of Jesus. And so this morning, uh, we're going to do so. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, I pray uh, once again that you would help us today. I pray that the Bible uh, would be helped uh, help to us. I pray the Spirit of God would uh, speak to us. Father, I pray that we would act on what we hear this morning. May the example, may the life of Mary uh, be one. Uh, that we can glean from. May we be reminded of the sufficiency of Christ and his salvation for us. And Father, I pray once again that there's one unsaved that will come to know Jesus as their Savior today. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I remind you once again this morning of the scene in which we find these characters, uh, that horrible place of crucifixion. And we seem to be reminded as we've been through this series, and I don't think it's a bad thing for us to be reminded of the horrible scene that our Savior uh, endured, the things that He endured for our salvation. Uh, he had been beaten. He has been nailed to that cross. The cross has been erected for that all, for, so, for, so that all could see. Here is our Savior, the Son of God, facing the execution of a common criminal. On this day, certainly Satan thought he had won, but little did he know that he was being defeated for all time. As our Savior, the Son of God, took upon Him the sins of the world. If you understand the character of Mary, the mother of Jesus, you understand the heart of a mother, you understand the reasons why God would choose her to be that earthly vessel to bring Christ into this world, it would be no surprise that Mary, the mother of Jesus, is at the crucifixion. Part of the purpose of the crucifixion was for the one being executed to be a spectacle to be a reminder to any to oppose Roman law that this would be their fate. Of course, we know that uh, through the jealousy of the chief priests and the denial of Christ as the Son of God and the false witnesses and everything that took place to get Christ to this place, uh, we know that they were just working into the plan of salvation. But uh, part of the reason was for of crucifixion is to send as a warning and for it to be a spectacle of shame to those being crucified. Certainly, there were some there who were there to mock and make fun of Jesus and the others, uh, but certainly Mary would not fall into that category. She was there because her son was there. She was there as John escorted her. Uh, She had been accompanied by John and a few others, and they found themselves that day certainly bearing some of the shame because they were followers of Christ, bearing some of the reproach because they were followers of Christ. Can you imagine uh, how it must have been to approach the cross and the one you love so much to be nailed to that tree? And I remind us once again, the Scripture says that he could not even be recognized as a man. He had endured such a beating. And here is Mary looking upon not just her son, but her Savior. Not just her son, but the King of kings. We'll look at some of what Gabriel the angel said to her in just a moment, but there is no doubt that Mary believed Jesus was the Son of God. There is no doubt Mary believed that Jesus was the one that had been prophesied for generations from those Old Testament prophets. But here we find her at the cross. I want us to look a little closer at Mary, the mother of Jesus, this morning. There is so much uh, that we can glean from her, and certainly Mary has been made into something that she would have never been one to be made into by false religion. She has been uh, treated in a way that God certainly never intended for her to be treated. But I want us to get a a little bit of appreciation of this one called Mary and I'll remind you the shame and reproach that she had carried in her life as we're going to see in just a moment she knew that this child was given by God and she had never known a man and the reproach that she bore as she carried this child in her womb and then as Jesus began to grow as a child the things that not only were whispered about her but whispered about Christ There's much for us to learn this morning and I trust it will be a help to us as we look first of all at number one the Mary the mother. I want you to look with us in our text in our John chapter number 19 again. Mary the mother. As we see her as the mother I want to remind you that as she was there and scripture tells us in verse number 26 when Jesus therefore saw his mother. Now we know Jesus was the son of God. Joseph was not Jesus father God was the father of Christ Mary was his mother and certainly there was an affection between Jesus and his mother and certainly between Mary his mother and her son I want to remind you that as Mary was there that day and let me put in contrast with John the beloved who was there also we know we, we spent some time thinking about John and talking about John and John had a love for Christ. John uh, was known as the the beloved, the the lover, the one who leaned on Jesus' breast. And no doubt he was there because he loved Jesus and he had a love for Christ. But this was not the same kind of love that Mary had. Mary had the love, not just of one who believed that this was the Son of God, and affection for him as the Son of God. She had the love of a mother. Somebody explain to me the love of a mother, because I certainly... Don't understand it. There's a love that a mother has for her children that is unlike any other love. Uh, there's a love and a bond that a mother has that, let's be honest, men, we cannot understand. We cannot comprehend it. And let me just give you some advice to all of us. Stop trying to understand it. It can't be understood. It is something that God puts into the heart of a mother. Now, Jesus, the Son of God looked upon his mother, but you understand, Mary, this was her son. Yes, it was her Savior. Yes, he was the Son of God in her mind. And yes, she knew that he was sent from God. But she carried him in, his womb for, in her womb for nine months. She, she took care of him when he was a child. She, she watched over him. She, she, this was her son. It was a bond she had. And can you imagine? Often. We say about mothers that certainly they have a love like anyone else. But mothers like the mother, don't they? My mother who's not feeling much. uh, It's just what mothers do. Moms, when that boy, he gets that first bicycle, and he begins to ride that bike, and he skins his knee. "Oh, my goodness, you think he's going to die?" The typical mom, not all moms are this way, but the typical mom is, "Oh, what are we going to do? Oh, we got to get it, we got to get it, get it fixed. and we got to dads like rub some dirt on it, get back out there son. What are you doing? You're not going to die." But moms are different. Can you imagine how her heart must have been breaking? To watch her son endure the physical suffering. But I remind you once again, the love for Jesus was not just as a believer, but that unique love of a mother. Her heart was breaking. John's heart was breaking. Mary Magdalene's heart was breaking. There's other followers of Christ there. Their heart was breaking. but Not like Mary's heart. It's a little bit different for Mary, because Mary was a mother. Mary was His mother. But I want to move very quickly to the second thing I want us to see today about Mary. I want us to look in Luke chapter number 1, if you'll be turning there to Luke chapter number 1. I mentioned, secondly, Mary the maid. We see here in our text this morning, John chapter 19 is Mary the mother, but I want us to see in Luke chapter number 1, Mary the maid. Luke chapter number 1 and beginning in verse number 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Verse 27. To a virgin, a spouse to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. The angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou, thou, thou that art highly favored. The Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at this saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David." We are reminded it Mary the maid and what her character was. We see in verse number 26 and verse number 34, the scripture tells us that Mary was a virgin. She knew not a man. And the Holy Spirit was going to conceive this, the Christ's child, and Christ was going to be born of a virgin. We find that she was a virgin, but not only that, she was favored in verse number 28. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail thou that art highly favored. Now, I'm thankful that God loves us all, but God favored Mary. Mary wasn't randomly chosen. Mary was chosen specifically by God to fulfill a purpose. The Bible tells us some things about Mary. We're going to look at more of them in just, just a moment to get a sense of the kind of individual she was, but she was a person of character. It might not remind all of us character matters. The way we live matters. Sometimes we look to God and say, God, why don't you use me in such and such a way or in a greater way? Well, character matters. Character counts. The way we live matters if we want God to use us. And certainly scripture tells us today that she was highly favored by God. She was chosen by God for a special purpose. Can I make a quick analogy for all of us? God only chose one person to be the mother of Jesus. Whatever God chose you for, that's a special purpose. Because God chose you to say, huh, well, certainly, maybe you're a mother and you're thinking today, well, God certainly didn't get, choose me uh, to bring, bring Christ into the world. Maybe He chose me to bring the other in, but not Whatever, whoever God gave you, it is a purpose designed for you. It's an important purpose. chosen by God. But I want us to continue reading in verse number 38. Mary goes to see Elizabeth, her cousin. If you know the Scripture, you know that at the beginning of this chapter, the angel comes to Elizabeth and comes to uh, her husband and, and tells them that there's going to be one to be born of them, that is going to pave the way for the Christ child. Of course, that's John the Baptist. Verse 38, And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word, and the angel departed from her. Uh, before we read any further, let me remind us, and verse number 38 reminds us that she was surrendered. It was important that she was a virgin. It was important that she was highly favored. She had to surrender to what God had chosen for her. See, Mary, the mother, standing at the cross, had the heart of a mother She loved Jesus as a mom would love her son. She certainly loved him as her savior, but she loved him in a way that nobody else could love him because she had been his mother. We find in verse number 38, we find that surrender to what God had. May her life remind us of the importance of us to surrender what it is the will of God has for us. I mentioned just a moment ago how difficult this was going to be for her. She was a spouse, she was engaged, she was promised to a man, but she had known no man, and now she's going to be conceived of the Holy Spirit of God, and she's going to be with, with child, not married to this man. I know that still, uh, even, even in some of the things that are accepted in our society today, they were not accepted in this day. Uh, people who, who, who conceived out of wedlock, they, they, they were potentially be stoned. They were cast out of society. They were certainly at the very least whispers. What would they say about her? She knew the truth. She knew the special task. But who outside of Elizabeth and Joseph and these others were going to believe her? But she had to surrender. May I say to us this morning, remind us, Not everything God has planned for us is easy to do, is easy to accomplish, is easy to live with. There are sacrifices, and they're just that. They are sacrifices to do what it is that God would have for us to do. There had to come surrender. And I'm going to get ahead of myself. She surrendered, not because she was a God, because... She needed a Savior because she had to surrender to the will of God. And every one of us has to come to a time in our life, a place in our life, where we surrender to what God has for us. She, the Scripture tells us that she's in this conversation with Elizabeth, and we get down to verse number 46. And Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord. And my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the low estate of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He has showed strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud and the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent empty away he had opened his servant israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spake to our fathers to abraham and to his seed forever we find mary testifying giving some praise to the son of god mary was spiritual mary had an understanding she is speaking of what the prophets had spoken of She was speaking of the promise made to Abraham. Again, here's a good reminder for for us. The more we know the things of God, the more we are in tune with the things of God, specifically the Scriptures, the more we can be used by God, and the more praise that we can give. There's a correlation. Those that that know the Word of God in the Word of God are the most likely to give praise. And we see here a something that we can build on when we get to the next truth in just a moment. Mary, Even Mary the maid did not draw attention to herself. She put all of the praise and all of the glory to God. She put all the praise to Him and the One that was come and the One that had been prophesied about. Then I want us to get thirdly this morning to Mary... Not a mediator. We're going to be in John chapter number 2. Mary, the mother at the foot of that cross, you can imagine her heart breaking. Mary, the maid, can you imagine the, 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 the confusion? Can you imagine the overwhelming nature of the conversation with Gabriel, the archangel? Uh, anytime you had an encounter with Gabriel would probably be pretty overwhelming but then with the message that he brought for Mary and then when she goes and speaks to Elizabeth and Elizabeth who's with child with John the Baptist and when Mary begins to tell the story Elizabeth testifies that John leaped in her womb and certainly John would be preaching of the son of God that would be to come then Mary gives the testimony not of herself not of her own character not of our own goodness, but of the goodness of God. And as we look this morning in John chapter number 2, there's an important principle we see here from this miracle that Christ performs. In John chapter number 2, beginning with verse number 1, on the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and His disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto Him, They have no wine. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother saith unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Now Jesus would perform a miracle. But When they were at this marriage, the Scripture tells us that they ran out of wine, and Mary says, I'll go to Jesus. And Jesus, they need wine. So she wanted him to do an on-demand miracle. It wasn't because of a lack of belief. She certainly believed, and she knew he was the Son of God. I don't believe she had any selfish motives. I believe she's like, Jesus can take care of this. He can solve this. There's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes we're of that mindset. We should be, but there's another matter of whether or not it's the will of God. And there are false religions today who believe that you can go to Mary, and Mary can get from God what you cannot. There are false religions today who believe that you should pray to Mary, you should offer prayers to Mary, you should light candles to Mary, you should treat her as a mediator, as an intercessor, to get her to move the heart of Jesus. But yet we do not find any scriptural precedent for that. As a matter of fact, 1 Timothy 2, 5 tells us, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. There's only one mediator, and it's Jesus himself. In verse number 4, as she came to him and said, Jesus, in reality, was saying, they, they're out of why we need you to take care of that. What was Jesus' response? Now notice, at the beginning of His earthly ministry, there's now going to be a change in relationship. From Jesus, her son, to Jesus, the Savior. She comes to Him and says, Jesus, can you take care of this problem? And Jesus says, woman. He didn't say Mary. Same way He addressed her at the cross. Now, this was not disrespect. Anybody who knows anything about this day will tell you this was a general addressing, like we would use male. Woman, what have I to do with thee? Notice what He says. What have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet. Come. Now, did Jesus love Mary? He loved her so much he's going to die on the cross for her, just like he did you and I. Did he love her as his mother? Absolutely. It's evidence on the cross. The last thing Jesus did in his humanity was care for his mother. It's a powerful sermon, powerful message. He loved her. But Mary could not influence Christ to do anything that was not the will of the Father. Mary could not move the heart of Jesus because Jesus came to do the will of the Father. Now, Answer me this, if Mary could not move Christ then, what makes us think that Mary could move Christ now? Because she can't. Because we have scriptural precedence that Mary needed salvation just like every man. Mary needed forgiveness just like every man. But we find a relationship that is changing when she interjected herself into the Father's business. She was reminded that Jesus was not here to do her will, he came to do his will. The same is still true today. If you want to move the heart of God, you can't go through Mary. You can't go through John the Baptist. You can't go through the Apostle Paul. You certainly can't go through the Pope or a priest or any religious man. It is only through the Lord Jesus Christ. He grants us access to the Father. I don't need to pray to anybody else. I don't need to light a candle to anybody else because Jesus, acting as my high priest, Your high priest covered our sins with his own blood. Now we have access to the Father. Aren't you thankful that you don't have to stop at a phone booth on a Saturday night and say, Hey, can you talk to God for me? We can go to God ourselves. We don't have to go to Mary or anybody else. Mary never intended for herself to be placed on a pedestal next to her son. He gave this general Greetings signifying there's a relationship change, he says, What do I have to do with thee? Again, I remind you, he was not being disrespectful to her. But Mary was drifting over into God's business. I'm, I know, as you know, that God wants to meet the needs of man, He has met man's needs in Jesus. But how foolish and how deceived do we have to be to think that we can go to somebody in the need of salvation for salvation. She couldn't influence him then. She can't influence him now. Mary was not a mediator. The book of Hebrews reminds us that there was a mediator between the Old and the New Testament, the one who shed his blood, the Lord Jesus Christ. Then I want you to turn your Bibles to the book of Acts, and we'll conclude here, Acts chapter number 1, Acts chapter number 1. There's some powerful truths here that are going to sum up the life of Mary in my mind. I want to remind you of where we first saw Mary in the message this morning at the foot of the cross. Mary the mother. This was the great purpose God had for her. We then not go to the book of Luke and we find Gabriel coming to her. We find Mary the maid. Mary, who God had chosen for a specific purpose, who praised God and drew no attention to herself. Mary, not a mediator. She's not a mediator between man and God. Only Christ is to be a mediator between man and God. And we have scriptural foundation and precedence. Any belief that you have to pray to Mary or you can pray to Mary to get to God is not found in this Bible. The scriptural precedence is the opposite. But I bring you to number four, Mary, the church member. We know at the beginning of verse number 8, Christ is ascending to heaven, and He gives that mandate in in verse number 8. In summary, to go into all the world and to reach all nations. After He tells them how to do that, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And in verse number 9, and when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received them out of their sight. Verse 10, and while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. As Jesus went up, they did what we probably would have done, just they stared. And those two angels said, didn't you hear what he said? Go reach the world. So then we find them in verse number 11, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room. If you've been in church any length of time, you've heard of the assemblies in the upper room. And here in this upper room, they are going to pray for the power of God. They did not go out to reach the world until the Holy Ghost had come upon them, until they were empowered by the Spirit of God. They returned, verse number 12, they, verse 13, and when they were come in, they went up into an upper room. This is an assembly of the church. This is an assembly of who Christ has given that commission to. The church is to reach the world with the gospel. And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room. And Scripture is going to give us an insight of who is there. Where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon Zelotes and Judas the brother of James. Quite a group so far. Just who you would expect to be there as the church to carry out the commission. But that's not all who is there. Look at verse 14. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. There's so much I could say from this and much I, so much I have said in messages in the past. But we find Mary, the church member, still faithfully serving God. After she had watched Christ be crucified, after the resurrection, the church is assembled And guess who's there? Mary, the mother of Jesus. This assembly to do what Christ had commanded them to do before ascending into heaven. I make three observations of the fact that Mary was there. First of all, it is evidence that Mary was saved. The church was a called out assembly of those that had been saved. And I say what I've already said a few times this morning. If you need salvation, you can't grant salvation. Mary can't grant, grant salvation to anybody, no matter what church what a church says. She needed salvation. She had received salvation. Therefore, she was assembled with that called-out assembly. They were there. She was there as part of the church. And might I say this morning, that's still where the saved should be. They should still be assembled with the church. That's where a saved person, where you'd expect the saved person to be. This, 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 this club mentality of church today where where it's just this get together and we're going to have this good time and this celebration. No, the church is called out of saved people, of saved people. If you're here this morning and you're not saved, you say, is the church not for me? Well, you came to church, you hear salvation, trust Christ as your Savior, get saved, join up with the church so that we may go out and win those that are still lost. It is for the saved. She was saved. She didn't just have salvation granted to her with a free pass because she was the mother of Jesus. She believed. She knew He was the Son of God. She believed on Him, accepted His payment for her salvation. I noticed also about her attendance, her presence there. She was surrendered. If there was ever, oh, those who hold on to their hurt feelings because they've been hurt by the church. Listen very carefully to what I'm about to say. And the justification of a wicked life and in a in a, in a jaded view of the things of God. Listen very carefully to what I'm about to say. If there's anybody, anybody who had a reason to be bitter and angry, it was probably Mary, don't you think? Peter's going to preach Pentecost the next day. Yeah, that same Peter who denied her son. The same Peter who denied him when the cock crowed the same disciples that scattered there was only one that escorted her that day where were the others if there was anybody who had a reason humanly speaking to be bitter at the things of God it was probably Mary I mean after all God granted me this privilege and then he he forced me to watch the anguish and the suffering but Mary had no bitterness because she was surrendered to the will of God she could go reflect and draw from the whispers that were made against her when she carried Christ in her womb. And she had endured all of those things. And now, when all of the, those things had taken place, and Christ being crucified and the, and the forsaking, the very people, listen to me on this, the very people that they were, they were trying to be empowered to go reach are the very ones who laid the whip on her son's back. The very ones who nailed Him to the cross. The very people who said, He is not the Son of God. He will crucify Him. These are the ones that the church were going to try and win. And there was Mary in the midst of them. Oh God, empower us. Oh God, empower the church. Who are we going to go win? The very people who tried to crucify Him. This very world who put him on that cross. Friend, there's no excuse for bitterness in the house of God. There's no excuse for having your feelings hurt. I'm not going to justify what somebody may or may not have done, but Mary's a good example. As a church member, she realized that there was a greater cause at stake she realized there was something greater that needed to be done. And it is still true today. I wonder what would take place if Christians would set their bitterness aside and then set their excuses aside and say, the cause of Christ is greater. And the cause the church has got to get out. The church has got to preach the gospel. The lost have got to be saved. And quite frankly, somebody's heaven or hell is more important than your feelings, my feelings, my my hurt feelings, your hurt feelings. Mary was a surrender Church member. Mary was also serving. Would anybody have faulted Mary if she had been home that day? Mary was not young anymore. Mary had, as they say, been through some things. But where is Mary? Well, if the church is going to assemble, that's where I'm going to be. If the church is assembling, I'm going to be there doing what I can. She served with the church. See, her only purpose was not to be a mother. Moms, listen to me. Well, God just put me here to be a mother. You won't find that in the Bible. I just sucked the wind out of the room. That's just all, no, no. His only purpose for you is not to be a mother. It is a purpose for you. But your purpose is to honor and glorify God like everybody else. Your purpose is to serve Him. Your purpose is to be part of the church. Well, if I just came not rear my children, then I do not have any purpose. That's a very humanistic view of life. If that was true, then as soon as you're... I mean, there'd be a countdown for your last child being 18 because that's when you'd be checking out. And by looking around and seeing some of your children, you probably wish if you were ready to check out by the time they got reared. Don't miss the truth. Mary had been chosen by God for a specific purpose. But yet, when that purpose was fulfilled, she still had another purpose. I wonder... how Peter must have felt after denying Christ. You ever thought about that? We find him assembled in the room. I wonder what it did, seeing Mary there. I wonder what inspiration he got out of that. I wonder what encouragement he got out of that. You don't know what you're very presence in the house of God does for somebody else. I wonder if somebody came into that family. well, I just don't know if this is going to... Well, there's Mary. Well, if she's here, if she's part of this, I'm definitely going to be part of this. I wonder, Scripture doesn't tell us, I can only wonder if Mary In private is that assembly begins to break up and Peter's going to go preach at Pentecost. Unaware of what's about to take place. Where thousands are going to believe on Christ. Peter, I'm praying for you. Could you imagine? Could you imagine that group assembled together and the prayers were prayed? her mere presence must have done for those that were there? Friend, you don't know what your mere presence. Well, I've got burdens. When I'm rid of those burdens, I'll be back. Oh, no, you come with your burdens. You'll get help, but you'll help somebody else. Well, life's been unfair, and, and God allowed these things to happen. God's not fair. Oh, friend, we've already covered. If there's anybody who had an excuse, humanly speaking, it was Mary. But there she was involved in the things of God. God's got something greater for me. God's got something else I can do. Oh, I believe God heard everybody there. But do we know God had a a special place in his heart for Mary because he chose her, because she was favored? And there she was in the midst of the greatest days of the church as it is commissioned to do a work for God. See, her only purpose was not just to be a mother. She didn't just let one role in life define her. You and I, with the things that God gives us to do, say, well, that's passed me by. Do I have any purpose left? Well, if you're here, if you're here, well, if I can't serve in this capacity, I just don't know, no, give honor and glory to God. Be a part of what God's doing. In chapter number two, 3,000 people call on Christ. We know the names of some that were not upper room, but not all. We know the name of Mary, but not all the women. Everybody in that upper room had a part in that. I'm thankful for the example of Mary. After her heart had been ripped from her, Christ was resurrected. And then he leaves her again. But he's given a purpose, he's given a command. After the Holy Ghost comes upon you, there's a Jerusalem, there's a Judea, there's a Samaria. There's the uttermost. Mary didn't let her circumstances. Mary was a widow by this point. But I could still make a difference. I could still be a part. I wonder who needs to hear that message this morning. Your quote-unquote purpose in your mind may have passed you by. If that were true, why are you still here? That's, can I just say, that's, that's one of the great things about God's church. Is everybody can find a place in God's church. Everybody is important in God's church. Everybody can serve in God's church. So if I can't do what I used to can do, can you pray? Pastor, I can't get out there and do what I used to can do. Can, can you be an encouragement? Well, Pastor, I've got this affliction now. I've got, I, I, my life has changed. But when you just show up, I promise you, somebody's getting a blessing out of that. Somebody has an understanding of, at least some sort of understanding of what you've been through, and if they're part of it, I can be a part of it. Mary, the mother of Jesus, had a unique role. but Certainly had a broken heart at the foot of the cross like nobody else had. But yet, we find, and can I just say one more time? Mary didn't have different emotions than any woman in here. Well, my heart's just been ripped out, and I don't know why I'm parking here. It just wasn't fair for me. Ma- Ma- Mary had all the emotions that every mother has. But when the church assembled to go win the very people, who crucified her son. Mary said, I'll be there. Mary was there. Mary said, I want to be a part of that. I want to have a role in that. I'm convinced the church is limited today because we make it all about us and not about Jesus. Mary was like the typical Christian of today. She'd have a blog about how cruel, how cruel. Mary would be spreading her bitterness. Did you hear what they said? They don't deserve salvation. Well, none of us deserve salvation. But I go all the way back to Mary the maid. She'd get character, didn't she? And she didn't let life change that. She was different in a lot of ways from the beginning to the end. But she was the same in that respect. It was about Christ when that angel came to her. It was still about him after he ascended to heaven. Let's keep Christ the focus. Church, we have a world to reach. This world is cruel. This world is is hateful. It's the same world that Christ said, go win them. Go tell of a risen Savior. Go tell of the fact that, that I'm coming again. And friend, no matter what is holding you back, say, well, I've been hurt. Well, put your hurt feelings aside. Well, I'm just bitter. Well, well, why are you confessing your sins to me or your best friend or anybody else? Get rid of your bitterness. Get over it. The work of God needs you. Somebody else needs you. I wonder how many Sunday school classes could be taught if we just put down our bitterness. I wonder how many people could be reached and helped if we just, we just put down our hurt feelings. Say, well, when I get to heaven, no, when you get to heaven, you're going to find the Lord, it's not going to be this way, but I picture the Lord just saying, go talk to Mary. Go whine to her about how tough you had it. Well, I don't, here's one for you, since I'm just, I've been gone, you know, so I'm just going to be here a while. Well, I just don't want the Lord to take my kids away. I don't want them to... Well, I didn't, that wouldn't go over well with Mary. Hey, let's surrender to the will of God. Let's be faithful to the will of God. Let's be part of the things of God. No matter what life brings you, let's, as a saved, surrendered, and serving, as Mary sets that example. She sets an example, not as one we can pray to, but she certainly sets a lot of other examples for us. Let's let Mary the mother of Christ standing near that cross. Let her teach us some things this morning. Father, I pray.